Hello, this is episode 211 and in it I'm going to be talking about the design of your outdoor entertaining area or your alfresco area. Specifically, I'm going to be sharing what to consider when it comes to your roof design over this area so that it doesn't diminish the feeling and the functionality of the space or the interior of your home. This is a question that I get a lot from homeowners and often it's because they've lived in a home where their outdoor space and how it was roofed actually negatively impacted the way that their home worked overall and they don't want to make the same mistake in their current renovation or new build project. For some locations, there can be a debate of whether you need or you want to roof your outdoor entertaining or alfresco area or if that roof just needs to be used at certain times of the year and then disappear at others. So we're going to dive into all of this. Plus, I'm going to be talking about the various things to consider if you have an existing alfresco area that you want to enclose in order to grow your home's space overall. Now, you can grab a full transcript of this episode as a free PDF download by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 211. That's the numbers 211. So be sure to do that so that you can review this episode as needed. I'm going to be referring to a few ideas, uh, supporting those with some images and a diagram. So um, grabbing that resource may be really handy for you to complement the podcast. So that's www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 211. Now let's dive in. Welcome to the Get It Right podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. With over 25 years industry experience, I've worked with loads of homeowners like you to create family homes that work, feel great, and that you feel great in. I'm a wife and a mum to three kids who, thanks to our own renovations, they all learned to climb ladders before they walked. And I'm a registered architect who is passionate about you feeling informed, educated, and empowered as you design, build, or renovate your home. Now, if you're up for some frank and open conversation about the true nitty gritty of designing, building and renovating based on professional and personal experience across hundreds and hundreds of homes, well, you're in the right place. Undercover Architect is an award-winning online business and resource that began in mid-2014. And it's all about teaching you how to create a fantastic, feel-good family home. One that works for you now and into the future one that is sustainable and affordable and that helps you live a great lifestyle both in and beyond your home. So whether you're renovating or building, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget, consider Undercover Architect your secret ally in helping and teaching you how to get it right. Now before we jump into this podcast episode, a quick shout out to my sponsors. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by me and my free online workshop, Your Project Plan. I actually created this online workshop because I so regularly see a lot of time and money get wasted in renovation and building projects. And this happens largely because homeowners just don't know what they're supposed to be doing next. So that makes it really easy to make missteps, to take the wrong advice, or to actually skip important parts of your project that will catch you out down the track or worse, mean that you miss out on things that you really wanted in your home. Learn how to avoid serious and expensive mistakes, what to do next, whatever stage you're at in your project, and also access some great bonuses too by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. And that's project plan spelled P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N. That's undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. Take the guesswork out of the next steps you need to take in your project journey and sign up today for free for this great online workshop. And now let's get on with the episode. Here we go. We have a few different names for our outdoor entertaining areas. They can be simply known as outdoor entertaining or alfrescos or decks or verandas or outdoor rooms. And what they're called can depend on where you are. Uh, the design and the style of the home that you're building or renovating and the materials that you're using. So in this podcast episode, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm just going to refer to them as outdoor rooms. And I think that's actually a really apt way to describe that these spaces can actually be a whole other room or rooms added to your home design. And you know that when you actually get them right, they seriously enhance the experience of your home year round. Now, I've shared a lot of information on outdoor rooms in various ways on Undercover Architect. So I'm going to add all the links to those to that info uh, in the resources for this episode. 
Uh, this will include, or there's a podcast episode in season two that actually goes through the key things to know when designing an outdoor room. And in it, I share the mistakes to avoid and also the specific things to know and include so that you can get it right. I've also got a hugely popular blog post. It's one of the most visited pages on the website that goes through the 10 things you need to make your deck, alfresco or outdoor room great. And there's also a blog post on outdoor fireplaces, which I know many people are seeking to include in their outdoor room to increase that use year round. And of course, landscape design goes hand in hand with the design of your outdoor room. And there's a lot of helpful information on Undercover Architect to assist you with that as well. So be sure to head to that link, www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 211, 211, and you'll be able to grab the links to all of those extra resources. I've popped them all there because I know they'll be super helpful for you in getting it right in your outdoor room. Now, this episode, it's going to be specifically about what to consider in how you're roofing the outdoor room itself so we can get into the nitty gritty of that. And I'll also talk about some specific things to consider if you're planning to enclose an existing outdoor room, because that's another question I get quite a lot as well. So stay tuned to learn more about that later in this episode. But first, let's jump into the roofing of the outdoor room, whether it's roofed at all and the roofing design that you'll choose. How you actually design the roofing of your outdoor room will require you to understand some specific things that are unique to your site and the home that you're building or renovating. I'm going to run through these items one at a time and give an explanation on why they can impact your decision making and also impact the design outcome for your outdoor room. So first, let's have a look at climate. Based on where you live, you'll have specific climatic conditions that will determine how your outdoor room needs to function in order for it to be useful for your home and your everyday life. So this can include how warm it is at different times of the day and year as to how much of the year you can actually live and entertain outdoors. It can also include how much rain you get, how frequent that rain is and whether rain is likely to occur at the warmer times of the year when you want to also be sitting and eating and living outdoors in an outdoor room. Make a decision about whether your outdoor room needs to provide shade only or whether you want it to provide shade and rain protection. And if it does need rain protection, how much protection is actually required? Are you trying to deal with a torrential downpour like a tropical storm or a light shower that might happen now and then at the times of year that you might be enjoying your outdoor room? Now, next consideration is your orientation and what that's going to mean for the sun angles at your property. So when you're considering how you'll roof your outdoor room, it's really essential that you understand the sun angles and the orientation of your outdoor room and, of course, for the overall design of your home. The movement of the sun over your property, it will vary at different times of the year and of the day, and this is going to impact how the sun is shining into your outdoor room and also into your home. And the sun's access is also going to be impacted by your neighbours and any vegetation and anything else that might block or allow that sunlight in uh, that's around your home. Now, of course, I have a whole season of the podcast to help you understand more about designing for the movement of the sun. It's so, so, so important. It's such helpful knowledge. Uh, and it takes you through what to know about the direction uh, or the orientation of your site and uh, the way that your home faces. So that is actually season one. I call it what matters most because I believe that understanding about the movement of the sun and designing a home to suit it specifically for your site, it's seriously the single most important thing that you can do to make your home feel great and for it to function well. So check out the resources at www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 211. I've got the links there for season one. We've got a whole set. We've now got podcast index pages. So for each, each of the seasons, we've actually got a page that puts all of the podcast episodes for that season on that one page. So you can go there and grab season one's index link and uh, see all the episodes and listen to them if you haven't already. Otherwise, if you're listening to this on some podcast app, then just go right back to the beginning. There's four introductory episodes in the podcast and then season one starts uh, from there. Now, natural light, it's just essential for your well-being in your home. So, you know, this isn't about blocking all of the sunlight. You don't want to do that. Ideally, you're allowing your home to access lovely natural sunlight and then you're managing the heat of that sunlight at different times of the year according to whether you want to keep your home cool or uh, help it be warm. So understanding the sun angles actually becomes critical in understanding how you'll roof your outdoor room 
because you'll then need to determine how and where the roof needs to be, where it needs to sit, so that your outdoor room can let light in or provide shade in the way that your climate and your wishes dictate. That You also don't want the, the outdoor room's roof to compromise the natural light physically getting into your home itself. And many make the mistake of adding an outdoor room, for example, to the whole rear of their home. Uh, without understanding their sun angles and their orientation that then buries all of their interior living spaces in shadow, keeping them cold and dark. I also see people mistakenly assuming that a roofed outdoor room on the east or the west of their home will provide shade uh, to their home's interiors on those mornings or afternoons that they're trying to manage that sunlight. But sun that comes from the east or the west is usually coming in quite horizontally. And when you review the sun angles at your place, then you'll most likely see that that sunlight's going to shine directly in underneath the roof of your outdoor room and straight into your home's interior. Once you understand the sun angles, orientation and climate, and then make decisions about when you want to provide shade and when you want to allow sunlight in, then you can review whether you need vertical shade, such as blinds, screen or landscaping, or whether horizontal shade that's provided by a covered outdoor room by the roof itself will be beneficial and sufficient for your needs. Next, let's talk about how the roof itself will be created over the outdoor room, because this may impact your options with what the roof is or can be and how it then uh, functions for you. Now, it can be really common, particularly in a single story and in volume built homes, for the outdoor room roof to just be part of the overall roof of the home. You'll see it in the floor plan. This can especially happen with a hip and gable roof that the design of the roof will just extend to cover the outdoor room as well. And that is, uh, it's simplifying the geometry of the overall roof and of the hip and gable design. Now, in its worst examples, the outdoor room will be this tiny little space on the corner of the floor plan or it'll be a sliver on the side that's very narrow but it all sits under the home's main roof. It's literally like sort of this afterthought that's just about simplifying the geometry of the overall roof and it just happens to be an alfresco area or an outdoor room. In the best examples though, this is deliberately done to have the outdoor room seem like an integrated part of the overall home design but not in a way that compromises the functionality and experience of the outdoor room or of the home itself. Now, for two-storey homes, an approach can be to actually create the roof over or the cover over your outdoor room with how you arrange the upper floor of the second storey. So if you're adding a second storey to an existing home or you're building a two-storey home, then using that upper floor to create the cover over your outdoor room on the ground floor can actually create cover for that space quite simply. However, in both of these scenarios, your knowledge of orientation and sun angles will come into play. And that's because when you do this, when you incorporate the uh, roof of the outdoor room as part of the roof of the existing house or as part of the second story of the of the house, then the ceiling height or the suffete height of the outdoor room itself, it's going to be dictated by the overall roof structure in the single story option or the floor level of the upper floor in the two story option. And sometimes, depending on your home and its orientation and the specific sun angles, you may find that that height is too low. Uh, It's completely cutting off direct sunlight into your home's interiors and it's rendering your living spaces dark and cold when you don't want them to be. And look, this can be a common problem with outdoor rooms generally, that the roof over them does that job of shading the outdoor room, but then it denies the home's interior any access to direct natural light or any of its warmth in the colder times of the year. So when you understand your sun angles, you can see the angle that the sun is coming in at and then you can review if your outdoor room roof will completely cut off that angle or if the angle of the sun still shines in beyond the extent of the roof itself. Now, one of the tools that I recommend to understand the angles of the sun at your place is an augmented reality app called Sunseeker 3D. Uh, There's a small cost to download it. Uh, I mention it uh, in season one of the podcast as well. You can download that app plug in your address of your property and then you can see the angles of the sun at your place as it moves through the sky on any day of the year uh, across the course of the year. And you can do that on any property in the app. It's absolutely amazing. So 
It's a bit tricky to explain this on an audio platform like a podcast, but let's give it a shot. And I'll start by talking with a simple set of angles and measurements to sort of illustrate the concept. But if you've got that Sunseeker app, you can look at the angles on your Sunseeker on your property and start to see how this might translate for for your specific angles. So if you assume that the ground plane is zero degrees and then the outdoor room roof structure is parallel to the ground, it's also at zero degrees, okay? Now, when the sun is 90 degrees, if that's the angle on the sun, then it's directly overhead. It's vertically straight up. And that 90 degree angle is the angle between the vertical line up to the sun directly overhead and the horizontal plane of the ground. So let's think about it at being 45 degrees. We'll just pick something simple. And so at 45 degrees, it's obviously sitting at an angle halfway between the horizontal ground plane and directly overhead. And if you can remember your school geometry, maybe with all the home learning that we're all doing, we're becoming more familiar with it. I know I am. Um, but yeah, it's if you remember when you've got that 45 degree angle in a triangle, then you have equal horizontal and vertical sides. So you've got then your vertical and your horizontal are equal when the sun is at 45 degrees. So, okay, if the outdoor room roof sat three metres above the ground um, over the top of the floor of the outdoor room, so, so the outdoor room roof is three metres high and that sun's coming in at 45 degree angle, then as it clips the, the edge, the outer edge of that outdoor room roof, it's going to land, it's going to cast sunlight three metres into that outdoor room because the vertical and the horizontal are going to be equal. Okay. So if you have an outdoor room room that's sitting in front of your living space and your outdoor room itself is deeper than three meters, which it's mostly likely going to be to fit an outdoor dining table into it, then that means that at when the sun is at 45 degrees, the direct sunlight is not going to be reaching your living room. It's not going to, sh- it's not going to be the, the warmth of the sun is not going to be hitting your living room glass or into your living room insides. Now, if the sun is higher than 45 degrees in the sky, then it's going to penetrate less than that three metres. If it's lower than 45 degrees, then it's going to come in further than that three metres. And the exact distances are going to depend on the angle of the sun at the time of day. So you can work this all out manually if you are so inclined. You can use a protractor and a ruler over, you know, sectional drawings of your home that are to scale and then seeing where the sun angle gets cut off by your outdoor room's roof. And I'm going to pop a sketch in the resources, just a little diagram to show you so you can see what I mean. So make sure you head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 211, the number's 211, and you can check that out. Or if you're working with a designer or an architect, then ideally they're working in dimensional CAD, in three-dimensional CAD software, and they can actually geolocate your home in the software, so they can put your home exactly where it is in the world, and then they can run some sun studies for you, so that you can see exactly what the sun is doing across the course of the day and the year, and see how it's going to perform through different seasons and where those shadows and sunlight's going to be. Now, depending on your climatic conditions. You should then have an understanding of how much direct sunlight you want unfiltered into your outdoor uh, room and into your home. In a lot of locations, you obviously want to ensure that you're still getting direct sunlight and its warmth into your outdoor room and into your home's interior in the colder months to warm those spaces up. However, there are some hotter parts of the world, such as far north Queensland, where that shade uh, is actually desired for most, if not all of the year. I want you to remember, though, that the light of natural sunlight is good. It's just the heat that comes with sunlight sunlight that needs to be managed based on your climate. So don't fall for the trap, especially in those warmer climates, that you don't need to worry about the sun's movement at all. Uh, You still want to look to capture the sunlight based on its movement so that you can enrich the feeling and the functionality of your home spaces, but then manage its heat as needed across the, the months of the year. Now, what if the roof is blocking the sunlight that you want to be getting into your outdoor room and or your home's interior? Then what you're going to do is you're going to need to consider the permanence of the roof over your outdoor room, the shape of the roof, the height of the roof and the materials that the roof is constructed from. Now, if the roof is being created by your home's upper floor, 
So you've built a second story out to create the cover over your outdoor room, then you may not be able to do anything about it. Um, so it's actually really important to be examining and understanding the sun angles and the orientation as you design the home. Because of course, once the second story is built, there's not a lot you can do to change about what it's doing to the sunlight access into the lower floor and into your outdoor room. If the roof is being created as part of your home's overall roof itself uh, and it's going to be permanently in place, then you may have some options with the material that you can use for the outdoor room roof itself and select something that allows more light through into the outdoor room and into your home. So let's look at what options are available if you can manipulate the materials of your outdoor room's roof. To do this, one of the questions that you'll need to ask yourself is, does the roof need to be solid and provide shade and rain protection? Or is it just about shade and the rain protection is not such a big priority? And this can depend on a few things. Now, a solid roof will obviously provide better rain protection than a pergola or a battened roof. And if you live in a climate where you want to be sitting outside, even when it's raining, then of course a solid roof is going to be preferable so you don't get wet. However, if you live in a location where the weather is usually dry at the times of year that you want to be sitting outside or the rain you get when you're using your outdoor room um, are only sort of light you know, showers, then perhaps a solid roof might not be necessary for the functionality that you're chasing. Now, when I say solid roof, most people are going to be picturing a standard roof with roofing material and a solid ceiling, you know, much like the rest of your home. And that ceiling may be flat, like the interior of your home, or it could be raked if you're constructing your outdoor room's roof separate to your home's roof. Uh, if you're using rafters instead of trusses, you, it might even just continue out if you've got a raked sort of cathedral style ceiling in your living space. It may just continue out from there as a raked ceiling on the outside of the house as well. There are ways that you can create the roof to an outdoor room in a solid way that will provide rain protection and shade as well. And these can usually be used whether your outdoor room's roof is part of your home's overall roof design or if it's separately attached uh, and a roof of its own design. Now, one option for creating a solid roof is to use a sandwich panel type material. So an example of this type of material is Bondor by Solarspan, that's B-O-N-D-O-R. But there are various different products that are available like this. They're often uh, used for cool room construction, but I've also seen entire homes built from them. Um, they have great insulative properties and they can be super speedy to install. I've personally used Bondor in outdoor room roofs uh, a few times and I'll share an image in the resources for you to check out a renovation that my husband and I did of our own home where we use Bondor solar span to create the roof of the, out, of the outdoor room or the deck area of the home. Now, a product like Bondor Solar Span, it has a metal roof profile on one side, which you can get in either a custom orb corrugated profile, or you can get it in a, a flatter pan style like trim deck for when your roof pitch is lower. And then on the underside of the panel is flat powder coated uh, aluminium in white. And in between those two layers is a polystyrene core. It comes in panels that are around one meter wide uh, and then up to very long lengths and they just cut it to length obviously and then various thicknesses based on the uh, how far you actually want it to span and because of this you can often then span it between two supports and not need intermediate structure so you'll see in the image that I share in the resources we had a deck that was 3.5 meters wide and so we used this bondor to be supported as a roof at the house and then on the outer edge of the deck. We had a pergola structure up and we just basically had the bondor roof sitting between the house and the outer edge. And the bondor solar span was only 50 millimetres thick and it's sealing, it was basically sealing, insulation and roof material all in one. It went up super fast because you're basically just dropping the panels in and connecting them together. The minute it was up, it was immediately cooler in underneath uh, thanks to that insulation. Now, as a product, it can be more costly to purchase. However, when you compare it to the labour and materials to build separate structure, roofing, insulation and ceiling, uh, I've always found it to be cost comparative. Now, Something like that, you can run conduit between the panels to then be able to surface mount lighting or ceiling fans to the underside of the of the sandwich panel. Um, I've personally always preferred to uplight it with wall lights and to leave the underside of it 
um, in dis- are just undisrupted. Um, and I really love that the underside is aluminium as well because you can literally hose down the underside when cleaning around the outside of the house. And that's probably a criteria you want to have with the ceiling that you're using in your outdoor room, that it is something that is very, uh, it's able to be cleaned really easily, you know, spider webs hosed off, uh, that regular maintenance can be really um, easy to do. And if you are hosing down the outside of the house, it's not going to matter if the ceiling of your outdoor room gets wet. Now, another option, and this is particularly useful if you find that the outdoor uh, room's roof is going to block too much sunlight to your home's interior, is that you then choose a roof material and structure that provides weather protection, but still allows some sunlight through. So an economical way to do this is to use a polycarbonate sheeting Uh, as the roofing material for your outdoor room. Now, many people have a bad association with polycarbonate as that plastic, corrugated, cheap and nasty material. However, there are some other options available on the market these days that can look a lot better on your home. Of course, you can still choose those corrugated polycarbonates. They're much better than they used to be. You can now get them in various different thicknesses and then also different colours and tints, uh, which impact the level of sun protection and the shade that they provide. Uh, But if you want something that's a bit more sophisticated, what I often suggest is to choose a twin wall polycarbonate. So it's actually two uh, sheets of flat polycarbonate that are then, uh, they have a core in the middle of them. And that core will be in a rib or a honeycomb pattern, uh, all comes as just one, one piece of material. And then having that double layer with the core in the middle actually gives some insulative properties to the twin wall polycarbonate. And it can increase the heat and the sun protection. And of course, they're also available in different colours and tints as well, which also assist with its UV protection and those types of things. Now, I've also used this type of product in several projects. um, And one of the things that I do to improve the look of the polycarbonate is that I'll actually batten the underside of the roof structure. So what I mean by this is you'll, okay, so you'll have the rafters or the trusses of the structure of the outdoor room's roof. And Your polycarbonate will go on top as the roofing material and it can do everything it needs to in terms of flashing and weatherproofing and all those kinds of things. And then on the underside of the rafters or the trusses, then you'll add some closely spaced battens and those can be in timber or in metal. Now, I've got an image of a project that I've done this on. So be sure to check out the resources that link undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 211 so you can see the photos of that. Doing this type of thing where you've got then the polycarbonate on top allowing uh, light to come through uh, more than obviously a solid roof would and then having the timber battens on the underside uh, closely spaced means that you get that lovely patterned shade and filtered light into your outdoor room. It's a really lovely effect. So the battens of course are going to increase the shade that the outdoor room provides. What Uh, they do really beneficially is that if there's any leaf litter or gunk that sits on top of the polycarbonate roof, the battens can actually conceal uh, some of the view of that from the underside, from when you're sitting in your outdoor room looking up. You know, because polycarbonate has some transparency, you're going to see a lot of the stuff that's sitting on top of it, either as uh, you'll physically see it or you'll see the shadow of it. So if you've got bird poo or leaf litter or anything like that, you're going to see that from looking up at the underside of polycarbonate. So putting the battens in underneath provides a filter to that view as well. So check out the image that I've got in the resources. You're going to see how the battening can really deal with that whilst still allowing that filtered light to come through in a really lovely way. Now, you can also do a a combo of these things, you know, fully solid roof with a polycarbonate roof. And you'll see that in the image that I share. Half the roof was done as solid with a ceiling, um, just like a traditional roof with a suffete. And then the other half is done as a battened a battened uh, ceiling with the polycarbonate on top. And so what that enabled us to do in that design was to create different shaded experiences in the outdoor room, um, which was based on how that outdoor room was being used, and then also ensure that the home's interior got natural light in the way that we wanted as well. So that polycarbonate roof option can be a really good one to consider when you're wanting to get more natural light into your outdoor room and into the home's interior spaces as well, plus ensure that you're getting that weather protection that you want. Now, another way to ensure that your outdoor room roof doesn't bury the interior of your home in darkness is to actually raise the height of the outdoor room itself. 
if you recall me talking about sun angles, then depending on your orientation, raising, like lifting up that roof height can actually enable greater exposure for sunlight. And that can also happen if you're doing a raked, you know, sort of cathedral uh, gable style roof on the outdoor room as well. You'll obviously have a, a much more open end on that roof to allow more sunlight in. However, if you do raise the roof too high, and this can become really problematic with those those hip style, those those gable style, cathedral style, big expansive outdoor rooms that are running out from interior living spaces with big vaulted ceilings on them. What can happen is that the outdoor room actually doesn't provide any shade at all. And also that uh, that higher roof exposes the outdoor room to driving rain too. So it means that you'll get wet when you're sitting outside in a downpour and all of your stuff will get wet on a regular basis. So if you've got nice outdoor furniture and those types of things, it's going to be getting wet. Now, you can deal with this sometimes by bringing in a vertical element on the outside face of the outdoor room that may help with managing sunlight issues and also driving rain. Uh, and that might be something that's flexible that drops down in place or is fixed. So you could look at, you know, a batten screen or an external blind to deal with those times that you need that extra shade and that weather protection. Another option that you have to increasing your roof height over the outdoor room to get more sunlight in uh, is to actually leave the roof where it is, but then back on the face of the building, back on the facade, introduce some high level glazing over the top of the outdoor room where the sunlight can shine can shine in over the top of the outdoor room's roof and into the home's interior. So for this to work though, you're obviously going to need a higher ceiling inside your home than in the height of the outdoor room itself. Now, if that's sounding difficult to understand, I'm going to share an image in the resources so you can see what I'm referring to if you're having trouble picturing it. But if you're going to use this option of having that high level glazing over the top of your outdoor room roof to get that light in, then you of course need to understand your sun angles and your orientation so that those high level windows are appropriately shaded at the times of year that you need them to be. So you don't end up just baking your interiors. Okay. Now, of course, the design of your floor plan, it can also work to deal with how your outdoor room might change the sunlight access into your interior. So I know that there's some architects who always aim to bring the primary living space of the home to an exterior edge of the home and not put the outdoor room directly outside of it, but to have it adjacent to it. So that way then the primary living space has an immediate connection with the outside that's not via the outdoor room. You're not sitting in the living space looking through the outdoor room to outside. Um, you're looking directly into your garden or into the rear of your property uh, and, and it might to the side open up to the outdoor room space. Um, and it means then that that living space has direct access to natural light that's not buried in behind the outdoor room. So of course your ability to do this may depend on the width of your site, uh, it may depend on your overall design, thinking about what you're doing. But if this is something that you've you know had in mind, just really pay attention when you're looking at your project inspiration and you're thinking about your home design, you know, see if you're noticing this in other projects you're looking at so that you can understand if it's something that you want to do in your home as well. Of course, there's also temporary options when it comes to the roof of an outdoor room that might be in terms of motorised or manual, manual foldable awnings, uh, vergola type structures and other ranges of options. So, you know, these can be horizontal roofs that open and close within a fixed structure. It can be fabric, can be metal, um, it, you know, metal blades that open and close. It might be an awning type roof that folds out from the face of the building as required. With all of these, it's just really essential that you check costs, construction requirements, maintenance requirements, durability, electrical requirements, um, how it's going to work with your local planning rules and any other restrictions that you might have. And you might want to understand if there's something built into the mechanisms of particularly the motorised ones that mean that any time that it's really windy or super heavy rain, it's going to just automatically uh, wind back on the house anyway, so that you can understand how it's going to work for you functionally uh, if you're planning on sitting out underneath it in uh, heavy rain. Now, 
if rain protection's not a priority in your outdoor room, then that of course opens up a whole world of possibilities in how you could cover your outdoor room. So you could of course do an open pergola with battening or metal or even timber or metal laser cut screens to provide the shade that you need. And they come with a lovely light pattern as well. You know, there's so many different options available these days of off the shelf panels of fixed battens or of uh, laser metal cut or timber metal cut, uh, timber laser cut screens. Um, and they can, you know, the, right from sort of a simple perforation through to an ornate pattern, they can really change the aesthetic and the feel when they're used well. I remember being at a home show and there was a pergola there that was on display that actually had a laser cut powder coated metal screen with a leafy pattern through it uh, as the roof on that pergola. And so looking up at that leafy pattern was like looking up into foliage and it was casting the most lovely leafy, you know, foliage shadow on the ground. It was a really lovely effect. You could also do an open pergola that just has a very simple structure through it or even just has some uh, stainless steel cabling and is then set up to enable you to grow a deciduous vine over that pergola structure. And so that vine then will give shade and it'll also provide light rain protection in summer. And then of course in winter being deciduous, it'll drop its leaves and that will allow the beautiful warm sun uh, shine to come through. Now, of course, glass is also an option as an outdoor room roof. Uh, I found though that it, when it's used in residential projects, it's generally in higher end homes. It's not something that's used customarily. So, um, but of course it is something that's available if you're wanting to have a a completely clear or a tinted uh, roof to a pergola space that does provide uh, some rain protection too. So let's just summarise the, the specific things that I've uh, spoken about when considering how you'll roof your outdoor room because we've been through a few things. So I've talked about thinking about your climate and what it determines in terms of your outdoor room's use and what that's then going to mean for the way you want the roof design and the type of roof design to work. Then understand your orientation and what that means for the sun angles at different times of the day and the year. Look at how the roof itself will be created over the outdoor room and whether it's going to be part of your home's overall structure or overall roof or whether it's going to be a separately constructed element. Will the roof have a flat ceiling or a raked one? And as part of that, then think about whether the roof needs to be solid and provide rain, shade, uh, rain and shade protection uh, or if uh, rain protection is not a big priority and then if it's solid is it going to be transparent or semi-transparent with polycarbonate or something more solid like the Bondor or a traditional metal roof and then whether the roof's going to need to be permanently fixed in place or temporary and adjustable because that's obviously going to uh, make some decisions for you about what you can use. And of course, if it's going to be a, high, a higher space with a taller ceiling or it's uh, very exposed and open at one end, then will you need to do anything additional so that it provides shade and weather protection as required? Now, before I move on to talking about enclosing existing outdoor rooms, there's just a last, uh, few last things that I want to remember. Uh, so the first one is, I suggest not punching the structural support of your outdoor room's roof through your existing roof. So this will often happen in renovations when a new outdoor room roof is added as its own element and the structural posts on one edge then are then just literally run through the existing roof material to connect to the existing roof structure inside it. This can create waterproofing issues and it's just not a great looking detail. Uh, I suggest instead making the outdoor room roof a freestanding structure supported on all four corners as separate to the home. And then you can just actually extend the roof of the outdoor room cantilever and overlap it with your home's existing roof instead to get that weather protection rather than physically supporting it on your existing home's roof. Now, if you're joining a new outdoor room roof to an existing roof, then ensure that the design and detailing sets up a really good process for managing rainwater so that you don't end up with water leaking through those connection points over the internal areas of your home. Now, of course, don't forget lighting. So if your outdoor room's roof design doesn't allow for downlights, then an option can be to use wall lights to actually uplight the space in a really beautiful way. And you can also consider a ceiling fan in your outdoor room that can promote ventilation. Your outdoor room is actually a really great cooling zone for your home where the shade and the breezes can cool the air before it travels into your home. 
um, promoting ventilation in that outdoor room can be a really great addition, especially in those warmer and more humid climates. Now, before we wrap up, let's quickly go through some of the things to consider when planning to enclose your existing alfresco or outdoor room. Now, many people will seek to enclose their um, existing alfresco or outdoor room as a means of gaining extra interior living space into their home. And equally, I find homeowners can also design an outdoor room in a new home or renovation that they might want to close in seasonally. So just have it open sometimes, but have doors on it so that they can close it down at different times of the year to enable them to be able to use it year round as a space, regardless of the weather or the conditions outside. So I'm going to list out some of the things to consider when enclosing an an existing outdoor room or thinking about having one that closes and opens on a regular basis. This isn't an exhaustive list, but it's going to give you some pointers to start with. And to be frank, of course, a lot of the information that I've previously, that I've, I've just gone through in regards to the roof design itself, it's also going to apply here. It's important to understand your orientation, the sun angles, and then also understand whether enclosing the space will darken the interior spaces behind it. So it's always worthwhile that you do a check of your local planning rules to see if there are any specific conditions related to this. Um, I find that some people will enclose an existing outdoor space as a quick fix to gain some more space into their home, but it can still trigger town planning approvals and a raft of other conditions for your existing home that could be more costly and time consuming than you realise. The construction of the space is going to matter as well. So if you're doing this to an existing space, you may need to refinish the flooring. You may need to add new flooring uh, for it to actually be suitable as an interior space or to work both as exterior and interior space. And so if you've got some existing structure, that's going to, of course, impact whether that's, you know, what's actually physically possible for you to do there. And the same also goes with the roof structure and how that's going to work with the internal Um, ceiling and marrying in with the existing internal ceiling or with any internal ceiling you have in your home. You also need to have a look at your local building regulations because sometimes these outdoor rooms uh, in an existing house may have a structure that's separate to the house itself or the slab was poured separately to the house slab. And so whatever that junction between the house and the outdoor room is construction-wise, it may actually impact if you'll have issues with waterproofing once it becomes an internalised space, uh, termite protection can be a big one or there can just be a, a raft of other building regulations um, once you deem that alfresco area an interior space but it has an external joint in the middle of it between the existing house and the, uh, the alfresco's construction. You also want to check the building regulations for the requirements of uh, sizes and layouts for rooms to actually be physically considered habitable spaces by the building code. So this, of course, can relate to the ceiling height, which needs to be a minimum of 2.4 metres generally. Uh, You can also find this relates to how the spaces have access to natural light and to ventilation. So, for example, if you're enclosing an outdoor room uh, and you're going to take the the interior space that was previously, you know, had the external wall on it looking out into this outdoor room, you're going to close in those openings to then be able to turn the outdoor room into a room of its own. You may find that what you're doing is your previous, you know, living space or whatever it was that was opening out onto that outdoor room, if that gets closed in, it may become a really internalised room with no true access to natural light or ventilation. You know, all of those theatre rooms that you see in the guts of a floor plan in a lot of new homes these days that have no windows or no natural ventilation in them, they're not actually deemed habitable spaces by the building code. They're really just big storerooms. So make sure that you're not going to do that to your existing house by enclosing your outdoor room. Um, You may, of course, be planning to create an open plan space between the enclosed outdoor room and that living room space that previously opened out onto it. You still need to review if you're going to get sufficient access to natural light and to ventilation. Otherwise, you're going to end up creating a really stuffy, dark core in your home's floor plan. At Queenslander Homes is an example. They're notorious for this as people over the years of owning them have enclosed veranda spaces to get, ex, you know, more interior space into the home. And so they've then ended up burying sort of their middle of the house uh, and, you know, ended up with these core areas that are dark and stuffy surrounded by a perimeter of spaces that 
you know, and these cores don't, just don't work as the livable spaces of the home. And I've done so many renovation designs on Queen, old Queenslanders that actually started purely because the, the owners were just sick of having this dark core to their home and for it all to be so light and breezy on the edges, but the edges were too narrow to properly use for anything. And so they then want to work out how they can open the home up to more light and breezes overall. You know, sometimes it means that you're having to reinstate those old veranda spaces to be open again, to actually move where the external line of the house is. Or it can mean that you're reconfiguring the floor plan so that you're using those core spaces as other things such as stairs or storage spaces or bathrooms. And, you know, if you need lateral light, you're then looking uh, that whether or not you can add skylights to get natural light and ventilation into those spaces. The last thing I'm going to mention about this is that the way that the, the outdoor room connects with the ground around it may actually impact what's going to be required construction-wise to enclose it so that you can actually just physically and appropriately construct walls on the outer edge of the outdoor room and then have those walls meet building code for how drainage and termite inspection uh, works if that's applicable. So there's just a few things to think about uh, in terms of thinking about enclosing an outdoor room or having an outdoor room that might work as both an interior and an exterior space. And that's it. Now, that was a that was a big episode. It was also a super nitty gritty one. I went into lots of detail. There are, you know, these are questions I receive a lot though, and particularly in Australia where we have such a great climate in most locations, you know, the design of your outdoor room, it really becomes critical to the functionality of your overall home. It's this beautiful space that sits between the interior of your home and the landscape around it. And when done right, it can add such amazing benefits to your home uh, year round. It can also be a way to save space in your home's floor plan as well. I've known homeowners to really think about and invest in a fantastic outdoor room in lieu of creating a second living space inside their home so that they could get their budget to work overall and they could keep their home compact in size rather than trying to do, you know, two living spaces in an outdoor room that were all small and not working well. They've in, instead really tried to just get an outdoor room and an interior living space working fantastically. Now, part of making all of that work as well as we can is getting the roof design right so that it enhances that functionality. So don't leave it as an afterthought or let it happen unintentionally in the home's overall design process. Start paying attention to the roof of outdoor rooms that you see in homes that you like, you know, what they're doing to promote light and ventilation and shade when needed, and then also providing weather protection if that's required as well. You can be really creative with the design of your outdoor room. You know, I'm not talking about all of the things that you're going to fit into it. Of course, I've seen outdoor rooms have really gone next level with kitchens and bars and TVs and fireplaces and all the other things that people are including. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm actually talking about is how you define the space of your outdoor room and how it feels as a result. Some of my favourite outdoor rooms that I designed, they were on a series of riverfront homes um, that I uh, worked on in Brisbane. Uh, in a project for Mervac and we had some really tight constraints with the required setback from the river. There was a river walk running, uh, there is a river walk that runs right in front of these homes. So pedestrians can basically be walking along that river walk, look back up into the into the house and into the outdoor room and all of that's on display. So privacy uh, was going to be a really big issue in how we designed those outdoor rooms, not just for the outdoor room itself, but also for the living um, at the rear of the home or at the riverside of the home. These homes also face west to the river. So dealing with the hot afternoon sun whilst we're making the most of the river view, that's all part of the design approach too. So for those outdoor rooms, we actually didn't have sufficient space with the setbacks to attach the roof structure to the home because once the outdoor uh, covered area was attached to the house, the roof of it. It was then seen as part of the building and uh, we didn't have that space with the riparian, with the river setback that we were working with. What we did see though, that was council conditions allowed for a roofed freestanding pavilion that would be considered a garden structure if we kept it under a certain height and uh, under a certain area in size. And all of those dimensions that were the limitations for a garden structure, they were really workable for a great outdoor dining area. So what we did was actually sat this outdoor room structure, the support for the roof, as a freestanding outdoor structure. It, it was almost like this little pod that sat one metre off the facade of the home. 
And then it had a small roof extending back to the house uh, that overlapped a small projection that came from, came from the house out that was still within the setback. So you had the overlapping projections from the outdoor room and from the house itself that didn't touch each other, um, but weather, they provided weather protection then in the connection space between the outdoor room and the interior of the house, which was really only a couple of steps. Um, but it was enough to feel like you were sort of leaving the interior and going into this this garden structure um, that was the outdoor room structure itself. Now, on on the three exposed sides of the outdoor room, so you had the one that faced back to the house and then on the three exposed sides, we added motorised sunshading blinds, fabric ones, in a dark colour that would lower and rise with um, motorised controls. Now, the dark colour sunshade blinds, they're easier to see through than the light coloured ones. So that meant that the view to the river can be maintained and they also provide really great sun protection. The darker colours actually provide better sun protection than the light ones. So motorised blinds will have wind sensors on them. They You can install them on the house and they're connected then to the those motorised blinds. So they'll just automatically rise when it gets to a certain wind level, whether you're home or not, um, in order to protect the blind and the blind mechanisms itself. Now, the idea with doing this design, like this garden structure, this little pavilion, this outdoor pavilion that was just off the house, uh, had those sunshade blinds on three sides that dropped full height, it was really that that somebody could basically drop those blinds as they needed to to manage shade and privacy. In fact, they could drop them the whole way down to the ground, as I said, and then they'd have this external little pavilion that they could step into from their house that was totally private. So it means that you can sit out there with a coffee in your PJs, you know, watching uh, the everything go by on the river and also on the river walk and not have your privacy compromised by somebody who's walking their dog and looking back up at your house. And they work really well as these beautiful pavilion spaces that sit between the house's interior and the garden and they're a room all of their own. They're, you know, a bit of a different experience to being inside the house versus being out in the garden. And this is really what's possible when you start to you know, think about how you're going to design your outdoor room and not just simply have it as an afterthought on the overall floor plan or a leftover space at the edge or the corner of your house. As with any other space in your home's design, you know, the quality of space is really important and that's achieved through the design decisions that you make in order to help support the way that the space is going to feel and function. So I hope you found all of that information really helpful and also enjoyed me going into it into so much detail. <laughs> I did go into a lot of detail on this one. So please shoot me a message. Uh, Instagram DMs are a really good way uh, to tell me that you've listened to this and enjoyed it or uh, you can email me at hello at undercoverarchitect.com uh, and let me know if it was helpful for you to talk in this level of detail about this topic. Um, and before I go, remember, we've got the downloadable transcript of this episode. It's a free PDF and I've got images in there. They're going to illustrate some of the things that I've discussed as well. You can get all of that by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 211. That's 211. So undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 211. Please share this podcast episode with family, friends, colleagues, even strangers, basically anyone that you know it may help so that we can get this information and knowledge into the ears and hands of as many homeowners as possible and improve their experience of designing, building and renovating their family homes. I love hearing the stories of those who found this podcast thanks to the generosity of another listener. It is just awesome. Now, if you haven't left a review on the Undercover Architect podcast, especially if you listen on iTunes, I would be so grateful if you please could. It really makes a difference in enabling this podcast to reach others that it can help. And it also ensures that I can continue to grow the podcast and get amazing guests and information on here as well. Be sure to tune in for our next episode, which lands each Tuesday morning to access helpful information and education in your project journey so that you can get it right as you design, build or renovate your family home. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye.